0: This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 603, and the quote of the day is, we can do anything we want to if we stick to it long enough. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey hey, what's going on everybody? Nick Raffini here, episode six hundred and three. And if you notice last week we took Monday off. We took off the whole week. We didn't release an episode. And we've done that ever since the beginning of the podcast. We take off the week of the week after NAM. So the Monday after NAM. There wasn't a NAM this year, technically, there was virtual NAM, which was kind of a weird thing. But every year we take off. It still feels weird to me to not release an episode. So I always say we've released an episode every Monday since November 1st of 2013, but that's actually not true because we've taken off one Monday a year for Nam. So anyway, we're back and we got a great episode with Ari Honig and a special guest who is Vivian Arts, who works with Ari on not only his Patreon page, but she also works with Kenny Werner who wrote the book Effortless Mastery. So this conversation is really cool. It's sort of, not purposely, but it's sort of in two parts. So the first half, we talk a lot about Patreon, and we talk about not only Ari's Patreon, but we talk about how others can start a Patreon page and maybe put out some tutorials or do some different things as a way for artists to make money, not only during COVID, but outside of COVID as well, because Ari's been doing this for a while now. And he has a pretty successful Patreon page going on. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's essentially a place where you can go and you can support your favorite creators in some sort of monthly, you can pay monthly or you can pay a one-time donation kind of thing. It's pretty cool. And you get certain benefits of paying every single month. So we talk half of the conversation is about Patreon and about maximizing your efforts on Patreon. And then the second half, we get really deep into the psychology of playing, practicing, achieving your goals, saying that you're going to do something and doing another thing, that kind of thing. We really get into the different types of personalities and how some people can say i'm going to do this thing and they do it and some people talk themselves out of it for one reason or another and and vivian is a psychiatrist as well so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of great information in here and i let her do that do that talking of that so i have my own opinions on some different things but uh but she definitely shed some light on some things so and ari did as well so it is a great conversation i'm not gonna waste any more time let's get into it with ari honig and vivian arts Ari, what's happening, my man? Uh I want to one thank you for, for being back on the podcast and then also welcome Viv Arts, who's here with us. So explain let's let's explain your relationship with Viv and, and how much she's helped you recently with uh with everything that you do in terms of your career and playing and Patreon and all of those things.
1: Um Sorry. Uh, yeah. Hi, Nick. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having Viv. Um, I, uh, I I wanted to uh, invite Viv on this because I knew we were going to be talking about Patreon. I wanted to, to kind of share uh, what I've been doing on Patreon and Vivian is a big part of that. Um, she uh, re- recommended starting that. She recommended that to me um, about two and a half years ago. And so, you know it's been uh, quite a journey a uh, creative journey fun journey definitely um d- difficult moments especially during covid uh, mm-hmm. much more difficult for me but i've learned uh, a lot doing it and um, and i feel like you know we've produced like a pretty solid body of work really you know at the end of the day we have um we have it's it's about 100 uh what they call they don't call them videos they call them creations mm. Right creations. I like it. Um, video creations, and they're yeah, and they're um, they're you know all music related, mostly drumming related, um, and uh, you know it's like this is this cool idea I've been working on. Let's make a creation out of it and uh, teach it to other people, and and hopefully inspire some people.
0: I have to imagine that it's it sort of feels like, although it's information lesson based and it's music and drumming related it all it starts to take on its own life and becomes its own creation like like the idea of creating an album or something like that but it's just a never-ending sort of body of work that has a has that creative vibe to it right like i can understand it from my side podcasting i sort of feel that way where you can step back and look at this this giant body of work do you approach it that way where there's where you try to keep continuity on the things that you're doing or is it sort of based on what people are asking for or what you think that, that you should be teaching people.
1: So, uh, that's a great question. It, it, it definitely involves all of those things. Um, I mean, there is continuity there. There's actually recently there, there was one thing where we did where actually there are five parts to it. That's the most we, we ever had five, five parts to one cause some, an idea that's kind of based, uh, with one, uh, off of one song. um, But in general, I try to mix it up a lot and, uh, you know, and do, you know, really very different, you know, things. Um, So it's not like a, you know, it's not like a TV show where you have to watch the first one and then the second one. And, you know, you have Mm -hmm. to watch the order. It's it's really nothing like that. You can skip around. Um, Each one, you know, is fine on its own. We even uh, at at one point, we kind of organized them all uh, so, you know, so different users would be able to, you know, find things that they wanted. Like we, we, we categorized, uh, for example, rudiments is one category, advanced concepts, um, performances, special guests is another one. Uh, one is for called For Everyone. You know, we'll, we'll have stuff like, uh, um, you know, coordination, stuff that's based on coordination, something that's based on, you know, specifically on songs and how to learn songs, things that are based on like bass drum technique, mm-hmm. um, and then rhythmic uh, you know, devices or rhythmic ideas like displacing. There's like four videos about displacing, for example. Um, You know, then there's different styles, different feels, merengue. Uh, There's a few on like how to play with a metronome. Um, And then there's definitely, you know, ones that I've answered questions Uh, and that, that can take up, you know, uh, a few videos as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did one segment on Haropo, which is a, a Venezuelan um rhythm that I was pretty into I mean there's a there's me being interviewed by my daughter there's uh you know me dressing up as Santa Claus and you know, <laughs> playing uh Christmas carols those like, you know, like ride symbol specific ride symbol exercises so I could go on and on and on there's right. videos from when I was seventeen years old you know there's we just did one, uh, actually, the last one that was just released, I think it was yesterday, uh, which is um, just a video of a lesson that I took a week ago on Alexander Technique, which I've been doing for a year. So it was just kind of a window into that, you know, what that process is. Right. Um so Which I think
0: stuff like that is super important because I a lot of times from the outside looking in, where we look at players that that we look up to or feel like they're so much further advanced than us, we just think it just automatically happens for them. Right. Like they don't go through the same struggles or they don't have to practice their ass off or or you know, they don't they don't have the same frustrations and want to throw the throw the instrument out the window, you know, because all we see is the final product. So, I like that I like that you you peek into those things that you're like, "No, I still gotta practice this stuff too." You know, I don't just wake up in the morning and it just happens."
1: Man, my Patreon members—they—they don't—it's they, not the kind of thing where you know all of a sudden because you know how if you you have a you know you, you look up to somebody and you 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 know you don't know them you just know their work like a like an actor or whatever and then all of a sudden like I felt this way when when Metallica released that movie you know mm-hmm. um, some kind of monster because I love Metallica and then there was this movie and it was like oh my god like these guys <laughs> not only these guys are human but like but they're just kind of lame and you know, like, like this movie just ruined their whole uh, mystery of the yeah so i will tell you that all my patreon members they they know me man like very well they are like you know they know when i need to take a shower my right. hair is messed up you know it's right. like they, I, they're, i'm not hiding anything about the process from them you know i'm I don't go. I don't. I don't have a makeup artist (laughs) before I go on. Which I
0: I I think that with the age that we're in, with social media and everything, is photoshopped and fixed up and and edited and all that. I think it's. I think it's important because I was just having a conversation today about it. How you look at people and they put things out, and you're like, why don't you just be yourself instead of trying to be like this polished, weird version of yourself that's not true and like people can see through that shit 100%. Yeah, I right? don't have
1: enough time to <laughs> try to yeah, yeah.
0: anyway. Me neither. Uh so Viv, I have a question for you. So even myself I I started a Patreon page a few years ago um and it just kind of it just kind of fizzled out. What do you think has been the some of the keys to not only the consistency that you guys have had but also the growth that you've had because I know that there are Many people who are listening, whether they have a podcast or whether they're drummers or or other musicians, who have either wanted to start a Patreon page, or you know at least thought about it or tried and it just didn't work out for them and and they say, oh, it's not worth the effort and and they gave up on it.
2: Well, there is a lot to it, um, but most people don't start a patron because they they still want to think about it. Mm-hmm. So. I think with all of these these things, you just have to start and see what's happening. So with Ari, we just decided to create some videos and see what worked and what did not work. And we found already on his YouTube channel and on his Instagram, there's a lot of fans, obviously. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of students that want to study with him. Um, And we could we found a way for them to engage more on a personal level with Ari by just joining the page. So he's doing like monthly Q and a sessions. So it's like a, or actually it's twice a month. No, mm-hmm. we, Usually we call it the Quar in time. So it's a masterclass on zoom.
1: Quar in time. Quar in time. In time. <laughs> so, I like it. Well, you get it. I got a prank call actually right after I came up with that name uh, saying somebody saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm from Blue Note Records, and I would love to hire you to, you know, do some project where you' coming up with uh, funny names for." <laughs> <you> know, somebody <laughs> calls for, you No. Yeah, somebody prank called me at like 10, ten in the like pretty late at night. It was it was it was it was kind of funny, but it was just because of that name. Like they saw that name. But
2: you,
0: yeah, on no, media. isn't that Don't how you? usually these stories? No, I have no idea. Like <laughs> people think that they're they're prank calls, and then they end up they end up being like the real call. You know. Like you hear somebody telling a story, and be like, "Oh yeah, man! Like Miles Davis was calling me for this gig, and I didn't believe it was really Miles, so I never called. And then I found out ten years later it was yeah. Miles Davis."
1: <laughs> well, you know, you it, it you, can't, you can't be too safe, but in this case, I thought it was pretty. Uh, I'd I'd rather be safe uh, than you know than just being called out. You know, be feeling like a complete idiot, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then miss the gig, of course. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, did, I missed the Blue Note uh, record session because I'm so good at naming songs and you know (laughs) lesson sessions like
2: oh you are very good at that we had um and and even with with coming up with different type of videos we did a video on a bike where he's um well i'm actually filming him while riding my bike and ari is biking and with his hand brakes he's just doing different meters in his left and his right so he's like tapping on the brakes like what is it, seven over three and eight over three and nine over three. And, and I'm trying to film him while biking next to him. And, um, that's a great video. It was so funny. And there's videos where he's just clapping and tapping on the street and I almost got hit by a car and we it, – it, no, I survived. But <laughs> it, it's been very fun to come up with different type of uh, videos where – you know making education fun i think that's a natural skill for him so being able to put that on the platform um that that's that's been very fun mm-hmm. and great to, to it, it really works because those those people that join they join for a community as well as for the information
0: sure yeah. how have you got how have you guys dealt with the the discouraging moments. And I know when I started this podcast, it was like, no one's listening or you don't, you don't feel like anyone's paying attention and are you had a, a bit of a, of a built-in audience, but it's still, it's hard to grow something. Right. And I'm sure that there were times, or let me ask you, were there ever times where you were thinking, okay, maybe this, maybe this wouldn't work or, or anything like that. Or did it kind of pick up pretty quickly?
1: Well, I mean I, I you know at the beginning it certainly wasn't clear to me that you know that this was going to be something that was going to be long term. Um I think I yeah, I made a commitment to give it to give it, you know, a chance and and also the, f- the first year uh plus um you know I was working cl- even closer with uh, Vivian because she would come over and uh you know record the videos. She would be the one that would film them. Right. Um so it was actually – I felt a little bit more in my element, a little bit more natural, and I, I could, I could in, in a sense, perform in a way for her because I still had an audience of one, which gives me – which puts me in a little bit more of my, my own element because I am a natural performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – When that disappeared, that was a a real difficulty for me trying to figure out how I can continue to do this on my own. Now she was still editing them; she was still doing things with, like you know, putting together, you know, a promo and you know, a lot of organizational type of things. But now I was videotaping myself, and you know, I had to figure out a way to just make it interesting and fun for me, and that was hard because it just it it kind of took a lot of the fun out of it um when you know I didn't have a, a live listener there. I there was one or two other chances that I, I, I that I had somebody come over and you know videotape one or two, but um but generally, yeah, I've just been, you know, figuring out how to do it on my own. Right. Uh so yeah, not quite as fun. But I mean But you look, know alright, that will happen again. <laughs> I, the borders I, will I, open. I, I just like you know, be able to connect with people if, if, if they like, you know, if, if it's something that's received well, something that, you know, that is helpful to people, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's really my, you know, that's what I like. That's, that's my reward. That's what I, that's what I want to get out of it. Right. Um, so uh, that's, you know, that's the main thing really. mm-hmm. Do,
0: for, for you when you were coming up and you were studying with people and learning, what was your learning style? like what were what were sort of the things that that worked well for you that now you're trying to impart on other people who are who are trying to learn, you know some of the stuff that you learned uh, on your way up?
1: Um what were the important things that, as far as how I learned? well, how
0: what was your I, I think that we all have different learning styles. And were there particular ways? i I think when I right. think of you and the way that you play and and videos that I watch of you, everything comes from music it's not it's mm-hmm. i don't feel like you're a pattern guy or mm-hmm. you know anything like that like everything is all based on on music is that something that you learned at an early age and and that's the way that you teach things because
1: oh oh uh, no not at all uh but um i mean i don't believe that learning music is at all uh Music, playing music it's not related you know um learning learning something is a skill and we develop skills in a very specific way to how we learn them you know it's like so we need to, we need a lot of structure we need a lot of repetition in what we do um and we need to you know gear things um Honestly, to you know, to where we are. So, like, don't overreach. In other words, mm-hmm. um you know, be be honest about where you are with something, and and give yourself realistic goals. Uh, but I think the main thing, you know, for me with that is is structure and structure having structure in your practice, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I teach. You know, I teach, I teach. Uh, I have a lot of students uh, at the moment, um, and I really enjoy it because. I have discovered how to teach really I would say in the last 10 years uh I I've, I've been a teacher you know for a lot longer you know mm-hmm. 25 you know plus years uh, but but I've learned so much recently about how to be a good teacher and 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 you know how that affects the student and what I can do for the student that's really the best thing for them right so um my approach musically yeah you're you're spot on i mean i'm hopefully not a pattern guy i would hate that. that that would really bug me if anybody was like oh yeah he's a pattern guy <laughs> patterns it's licks yeah uh I, I, but um
0: everybody's as, chop everybody's doing their their re licks
1: <laughs> i mean it's it's all about music of course you know this is why we're here listening you know being a good listener mm-hmm. but there's all structure and you know there's a lot of structure in learning to be a good listener right uh, and learning to understand music a certain way and so that's that's really what what it's about when i'm when i'm teaching but yeah no i i mean for me yeah music comes first i'm i'm i don't know if i told you that before but i come from a long line of musicians in my family and music teachers in my family like mm-hmm. basically everybody is, everybody is or was a music teacher and a musician so it's it's not it's you know, in the it's blood. Not, it it really is. It's yeah. it's very close to me. Yeah.
0: I think one of the the important distinctions that you made is that over the years you learned how to teach. And I think sadly what happens is people get really skilled at their instrument and then say, Oh, I can teach, but never take the time to actually learn how to teach or understand how they're communicating information. And go into teaching because they either they need the money or you know whatever the case may be and don't really approach it as as its own skill set because i i truly believe that playing and teaching are completely different skill sets that both have to be worked on
1: completely different absolutely right sure um
0: what are what are some of the things that you found along the way that that you knew that you noticed oh maybe you know maybe my approach could be different with teaching
1: Well, I mean, for example, I would, you know, everybody, everybody likes to show people what they can do, you know, so Mm -hmm. if I would, if I'm like, Oh, look, student, look what I can do, you know, and immediately like demonstrate something like way too fast for them to understand, or, you know, talk about how you improvise something and, and just starting in a, in, a, in a too advanced way mm-hmm. um so that they can't really quite catch up with their brain right that's not really cool because they're missing out right they're right. wasting their time essentially I'm showing them yeah i'm i'm so good look at me you know it's great for but your that's, ego. Not helping. Yeah. that's not helping them um so you know that's one mistake that i've made uh, and another one would just be giving essentially too much work at one time mm-hmm. uh overloading with information overloading with with, you know, quantity. And uh, and so, you know, I've learned to really focus on quality and better to do one, two things and do them well and really make sure you're doing them well and make sure that it's comprehensible, you know, that it's super understandable to the student mm-hmm. before moving on to the next thing these are all things that are incredibly boring for me, right. but, <laughs> but really necessary and really rewarding because, you know, the, you're, you're, you know, that you're doing the absolute best job you can for the student.
0: Sure. Now you'd mentioned how, how important structure is for learning, for practicing and things like that. When you look at, when you look at all of the things that we have to try to learn as drummers, whether it be time and whether it be styles or, or, you know, rudiments and all these other things, how do you judge the hierarchy of what's most important? And then as a player, how do you put some structure around that practice? So when you go into the practice room, you're not just like, Oh, I guess today I'm going to work on this random thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I definitely, ju- one of the things that I look for in a student is their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, once I find a weakness, I'll really want to f- obviously focus on, on the weakness, find ways to, to really work on the weakness. Cause sometimes, you know, some, a, a player, a student might have something that's so weak and other things that are very strong. And as soon as you start working on the weakness and you, and, and, it, and you start strengthening it, the whole thing changes the whole picture changes uh you you know you'll have their whole ability will be you know a different they'll be at a different level immediately Mm -hmm. you know that can happen uh so that's one of the things that i look for um it really is very individualized you know it's really really very based on them like i do have things that i that are important to me about music and important to me about teaching like for example you know any anybody that's ever studied with me or that knows my, you know, my educational approach or anything like that knows that I'm, I'm all about, you know, the song and knowing the song and understanding the song and the subdivision of the song and, you know, um, the, the, those kind of basic things. But I really believe that that's something that is just indispensable. Like we can't do without that. You know, I no nobody's going to come in wanting to play with me and they don't, they don't know the song or they're not able to do that. Like, I wouldn't want to play with anybody like that. I, I always say, uh, you know, I, I've been playing more piano lately and I, I've been, I always say that I'd rather play, you know, any anytime with a, with a drummer, somebody that's playing the drums. I'd rather play with somebody who never played the drums before and knows the song rather than play with someone who is an incredible technician on the drums, but doesn't know the song.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that. So those
1: are the things that I, you know, I generally am, am you know, focused on. And once we can kind of get past that, then it gets real interesting and creative and, you know, about much more kind of advanced, to- uh, you know, concepts sure. and topics and things that can be even more creative and actually, honestly, fun for me. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you suggest that people self-diagnose what, what their weaknesses are?
1: Um, <laughs> Self-diagnose. Um. You, you know, listening and playing to be able to do those two things together is a, is a skill. It's a coordination skill,
0: actually. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, being a good listener is not, I used to think that somebody says, when somebody on the band said, they said, listen, you know, can you, can you listen harder? Or, you know, you're playing too loud or you're playing too busy or, you know, you're not playing enough or you come in on the, you know, this, or, listen, you know, listen hard. And I used to think, oh, you know i'm being ignorant uh, that by that i want to be respectful i'm not being i'm being disrespectful when i'm playing right. but in fact that's not at all what what it is it's being a good listener is a skill it's just a skill that you can learn that you have to learn and it doesn't have anything to do with you being a good person or a nice person or anything like it's not personality it's right. just a skill once you learn that skill then you can be an asshole if you want to be and that's great
0: <laughs> i like it <laughs> Uh, t- so if you, and I agree, and I'm, I, I try to play the same way where the music is the most important thing and I don't, you know, I don't care about chops and patterns and licks and all that other stuff. The The problem that I've had as a player, and I know that other play other people have had the same thing, is how do you get things that you're practicing in the practice room to turn into music? to turn into something that you're playing on the bandstand. And I'm not talking about how do you fit a lick into what you're playing, but I mean, all of these, if you're, if you're working on, whether it be phrasing or you're working on just overall musicality and things like that in the practice room, do you think that they just naturally work their way into your live playing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't work on musicality uh, in the practice room at all. No um, I only work on on you know coordination technique um musicality is something that is you know you work on by listening to music and um and that that or, or I should say that's how i that's how I would work on it, but it wouldn't be in the practice room uh it would be just listening listening to music, which you can do anywhere mm-hmm. um and playing music uh so and, and not to say that you can't, I, I've no, I also haven't worked on playing soft in the practice room.
0: Right. Uh, it actually, I, it really surprises me to hear you say that, that you don't, you don't practice sort of anything musicality wise, like mel- melodically or anything like that while you're, which is crazy. I mean, I,
1: I'll learn, I'll learn how to play specific melodies on the drums and I'll practice, you know, the best ways to, to play them, to, to voice them. You know? Right. Um, but I certainly don't practice, um, you know, musicality. Uh, I don't practice. I, I, I will compose, like for example, improvise a piece of music. That's sure. one thing I was doing at some point was uh very first thing that I would do when I would sit down to practice is just improvise a piece or two short, a short piece of music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, is that practicing? Uh, not really. It's not really practicing. You're, 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 you're performing. I mean, you're, right. you know, you're, you're playing. Um, and I, I, I try to, you know, do as much learning as I can on the bandstand, mm-hmm. um, with, with a band and also with me personally. So as much learning as I can do from doing, you know, while I'm doing a gig or doing a session or whatever, I'll, I will maximize that.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I found that getting around people who are pulling me up to their level always makes me learn a lot faster on the bandstand than like. You know, not that this happened very often for me, but like walking on the stage and feeling like you're the best musician on the on the stage, I think is a I think it's good for our egos, but it doesn't do anything for our uh, our skill sets.
1: That's interesting. It's an interesting thought. You have any thoughts about that, Vivian?
2: Well, you could be scared about people that play better than you, but it doesn't really help you play well. So if you can take your mind out of that, or you can actually Train to take your mind out of it, so any fear or pressure wouldn't throw you off playing.
1: And I think what Nick said was, you know, getting up on stage and thinking that you're the best one on the stage immediately. It
2: might might help. It might not help. I think that that differs per person. Um,
0: That's an interesting concept. Maybe yeah. If you walk, if you if you flip it a little and say, and instead of using it as an ego thing, you use it as sort of a as a as a tactic to get over your fear of playing with you. Yeah, more. well,
2: if you use it as a mantra, you know, like I work with Kenny Werner and he's always saying every sound I make is the most beautiful sound <laughs> I've ever heard. Right. And if you keep that as your mantra and you really still that in yourself, it become your new reality. So whenever you walk on stage, whatever you play is amazing. And that's what your audience wants you to shine to become the light mm-hmm. they can
1: see do you think more people have the problem where they think they're the best one in the band or more people have the problem where they think they're the worst one in the band
2: i think the latter
1: <laughs> i think so probably yeah.
0: yeah i think that we uh you know what i think that uh i think that the inexperienced players think they're the best ones in the band, and the experienced players think they're the worst. Oh yeah! Like when I was 16 years old, I thought I was the greatest drummer in the world. Hmm. And so that, you just
1: think people just don't have the ability to judge for themselves,
0: or just like maybe we have this ego, or or you know, or we don't see. Like I remember, and I tell this story all the all the time. And I told Steve Jordan about this, so like I'm in the clear now. But when I first heard, I was like 16, 15 years old, and I heard Steve Jordan play, or I saw a video of him playing, and I was like, eh, I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't really get it. Yeah, I was like, it seems pretty simple, you know. And now I watch him play, yeah. and I'm like, I would kill someone to be able to play like him, you know. So like,
1: that's your ear changing, right? I mean, yeah, and I think that ear, comes with ears changed. I think yeah. that comes
0: with experience. I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like I was way cockier when i was 16 than i am now and i'm a much better yeah. player than i was when i was 16
1: it's kind of good i think it's kind of good for you too though to, if you're cocky and then you're you know you, you you think you're so good and then you you get cut down you like yeah. somebody's going to cut you down and someone else is going to cut you down too and then someone else later and you know you you get, you get get cut down a bunch and it can be good for you and then maybe at some point it's not good for you anymore. Yeah. Not sure. Uh, But certainly it's certainly going to be good for you to some degree. Right. I mean, it it depends. Some people process failure differently too. Like if you process fail for me, I've always processed failure. Like I'm, I'm, I want to get it right. And I try again, try again, I try again. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, uh, it's, it's always pushed me to be better and to, you know, to do the best that I can do. Um, but I don't, but I also know people that, that, you know, have a very, you know, opposite experience, which is that, you know, they fail, somebody cuts them down and then they're just like depressed yeah. and then they don't know how yeah. to keep going. You know, it's, like-
0: there's a whole book about that called mindset and the two different mindsets of the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And if you have a growth mindset, you look at failure as a learning opportunity. And if you have a fixed mindset, you look at failure as like, that's it. That's like the end, you know, like you have, you know, you're like you said, you're depressed and you take it to heart and, and feel like scum of the earth.
1: You know, we just did, Vivian and I just did a a quarantine uh which is which is the group lesson which is uh it's through patreon uh we do you know like like she was saying we do uh twice a month we do these these group lessons right. and um sometimes they have subject matters and this one the subject was the psychology of music and actually vivian is a is a trained and and well what would you say uh, she's a a, a
2: well, I did my uh, master's in clinical
1: psychology. So
2: I'm because- I'm an official psychologist, but I'm also a musician. And I work with Kenny Werner and the Effortless Mastery Institute at Berkeley. So I do know some about
1: these. A heralded, psycho. renowned psychologist. <laughs> nice. Uh, and cy- <laughs> psychologist. Psychologist. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that means you can't prescribe me medication. No.
0: No, she's not a psychiatrist.
1: Oh. No, you're
2: cool. You can just have a drink, Ari. yeah there so, you I
1: need, so I need to get a different... Person to run my social media, or if I want to get any like oxy stuff. Right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, call somebody else.
0: <laughs> Viv, you know, the one thing I, I, I did want to say about when you were talking about Kenny about him saying everything I play is the most beautiful thing in the world. I think that the biggest distinction in that is that he actually believes it. That yeah, is like the thing. You
2: have to train that. You have yeah. to develop that in yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think it's one thing to like, you watch him play, he believes it. And I'm not saying that in a joking manner. Like, that's in his heart. He be, he really truly believes that you have to.
1: I yeah. mean, you can't. Like, you, what are you gonna? What is the alternative? You get up there and you lie about what you know. What you should like, it doesn't work. You have to. Yeah. You have to be real, right? Because then, there's what. What else is there, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if you see like a kid, a
2: kid goes to the drums or the piano, and and the kid is like, oh, wow, and they just like bling, and that sound is like for them, it's like amazing they don't have a clue about chords or or, or you know rudiments yep. they're just like bang and that childish love for a sound creates a sound that's very deep and we we might lose that during our you know education or while we grow up we we you know change into a fear based um obsessed yeah We could, and there's many examples of people that struggle with that because they want to reach mastery, but that desire for sounding good, like Kenny is saying, is holding them back from actually mastery and letting go of just hitting that instrument, hitting the drums or the piano, dropping the hand on the piano, just Mm -hmm. making a sound and loving it for a while.
0: Do you think that that mentality comes from like external pressure that we feel by watching other people play and feeling the need to to play well? Often.
2: Yeah, we feel overwhelmed, especially in school systems. You know, 90% of music schools, of people that go to a conservatory or a music school they 90% of those people suffer either mental or physical pain. 90% 90% that's been tested. Wow. So because they feel overwhelmed, they they have to study so many songs in a week and they can never digest it well. Mm-hmm. So they, they look at their peers and they have concerts and they feel like bad about themselves because they don't have so many shows or somebody else is bigger and better. So there's this ego thing. They practice so often with a different, you know, maybe not as... Uh, a stable hand, so maybe they get like tenonitis. Um, there's a lot of issues in any music schools because wow. of that pressure. We have to uh, we have to know something by the end of the semester.
1: Mm-hmm. Because- and lack of individual attention right. and that those kind of things. Yeah. Are- we did a whole we did a nice segment on that i like the psychology one that, that we, did. we did we talked about this kind of stuff for for a, a while um with a bunch of different you know people with questions and everything like that um but i i think that you know i have to say that you know there's some people that thrive on that though mm-hmm. um so really everybody i think the, the thing that i take away from it is everybody's different and right. and so some people i mean i know that for me Kenny's approach, like that, it's not that it doesn't make sense to me. It's just that it doesn't fit my personality. Um, it does, it, you know. So, so, but I need to be aware, uh, especially being a teacher. It? Huh? You are
2: an effortless master already.
1: I'm not because sure how effortless it, me. mentally, like effortless it is for Mentally, it's pretty effortless. Physically, I wouldn't say that it's effortless. Right, well, uh, mentally, yes, I, 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 I do think I've mentally mastered a lot about it. Yeah.
0: Did you uh, ever so, go through the periods of like, of whether it be self-deprecation or I'm not good enough to for this or, or was it, was your attitude always, okay, I'm not as good as these guys. I just need to get better game on. I'm going to like blow. I'm just going to be, I'll just keep going until I'm the best kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Basically I'm, I'm not that I need to, I'm just, I'm, I will, I'm going <laughs> to get better. I am getting better yeah. already, you know, and, and very soon I will be, you know, completely top of my game. That right. That's what it was. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I didn't really have doubt about that. Um, I knew that that would be, that's something that was attainable for me. Right. Uh, Cause I knew how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I knew that I had to, do it. it was just a matter of time. Sure. Um, and, and, and working and I, I wasn't afraid of either of those things. I actually really enjoyed that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, which
0: the interesting thing is you could have someone who, May have more natural ability than you, but if they have the mindset that they're not good enough and they can't, like, no matter how hard they work, they're never going to get better, blah, 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 blah. Like, at the end, at the end of the game here, you know, the end of the fourth quarter, like, you could end up being significantly better than that person, even though had they worked as hard as you with the same mindset, maybe could have been much better. You know, that's yeah, the thing I, that blows I mean, my mind.
1: Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of people that, that really, probably need you know somebody like vivian to talk to on a regular basis and and uh i mean so like i've had i've had a you know select number of students like that too and a lot of it is about honestly building their confidence mm-hmm. um and and because when somebody has confidence all these things disappear that you're talking about right but but how do you get confidence like how, what is the actual way that you can do it that's the question well the most the most obvious way is just be good. Damn it. <laughs> like play good. You know what I mean? Like play good. And then you're going to think you're playing good, but that is not easy to do. I mean, no. that is that's something that you're, you know, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people at all. Right.
0: Um, or if they say nothing, I can play nothing. I play sounds good.
1: Right. So you have, so that's what I'm saying is like building people's confidence is, uh, and, and, and it doesn't always work. It's just not going to, you know, that, that is not something that is going to work for everybody, but, yeah. The more confidence you have, the better you think you are, the better, and then that, you know, it's a cycle leads to yeah, better things. And then, of course, the reverse works also, and or I should say, doesn't work. It is detrimental and it hurts, and and you see it. You know, mm-hmm. people see that too.
0: Great news from Evans Drumheads. Now you can turn your drum into a work of art with their custom drum heads. All you have to do is upload your design and they print it using high quality photo resolution images directly onto the drum head. And they're available in sizes everywhere from 16 to 26. And let me tell you, these things look amazing. They sent me a bass drum head with the Drummer's Resource logo on it. I was blown away. It looks so cool. And the best part is you can save 20% by using the promo code DRUMMER. 20 drummer and then the numbers two zero so if you go to evansdrumheads.com use the promo code drummer 20 you can not only save 20 percent, but you can also get yourself some amazing looking heads the offer only runs until december 31st so make sure you do it today go to evansdrumheads.com use the promo code drummer 20 so you've heard me talk about the black panther design lab series from apex Let me tell you a little bit about the Artist Series. So they have a couple different options and one of them is the Warbird. This 12 by five and a half snare is designed by Chris Adler and it's an optimized version of the original Black Panther model with a unique 12 inch diameter and 100% walnut shell that delivers a dark, biting, and powerful sound. These snare drums are amazing. You can check this one out and more by going to mapexdrums.com. I know that in general, uh, the way that you build confidence, which is has been proven in Viv, you can probably speak to this more than I can, that that building confidence comes from sort of making promises to yourself and keeping those things. So like if you say you're going to go to the gym tomorrow and you actually go, it's like, okay, check that off the list. And as you tell yourself you're going to do things and you do them, they start. you start to believe in yourself that you can do the things in, that you tell yourself that you're going to do. How does it work inside? And uh, Viv, you can... Feel free to dispute that because, like I said, you're, you're, this is your area of expertise. Um, but how is how does that work in a musical setting? How do you start for anyone listening that may have those confidence issues? How do you start to build that confidence as as a player?
2: Well, what you don't want to do is putting more pressure on yourself. So we have to remind ourselves on a daily basis to just be kind to ourselves. So if you in, in You just said, you know, go to the gym. And then if you do it, yeah, great. But if you don't, don't get upset with yourself. Right. Because that will only create a bigger problem. So w- when you focus on your breath for a few seconds, we're already breathing. So in effortless mastery, you learn to focus that focusing on your breath for a few seconds takes the pressure off and you become in the now because in those few seconds that you're focusing on your breath, you're not focusing on the future. You're not focusing on the past and that's where all the trouble is. So for those few seconds, you just decide to let go of all these drama and focus on your breath on the emptiness. Mm -hmm. That's what Kenny calls the space. And from that place, you make a sound, and then you don't expect anything to come from it. But just do that a couple times a day,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and don't expect like big miracles to happen tomorrow. Right. But just open your breath. Your yeah. You guys might not know, but Ari is a great singer. I like it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keep going. Let's let's hear it. let's hear it. <laughs> you're almost as good as me he,
2: he does not have any fear uh, he's totally in the space while making sound that's what you want so from there step one step one is just making a sound step two is moving around your instrument from that space of empty okay i'm gonna enroll no the and in the then like, step three I'm and four great. is learning new information
1: what from was the that third thing space.
2: Step three and four is learning new information from the space. Gotcha. From that place where you recognize your desire.
1: Structure. Structure. Yeah. Structure. It's all about that, right?
2: And it doesn't happen overnight. You cannot build confidence like today right. or tomorrow. But you can be kind to yourself. You can start today mm-hmm. being kind to yourself.
0: And I think we've all experienced, even if you're not there every day, experience moments where you sit behind the kit and all of a sudden you're not thinking about what you're playing. You're not analyzing it. You're not, like you said, you're not thinking about the past or the future because you can't live there anyway. Like those things don't like, there's argument to say that like, how do you even know that the past even existed? You know, like if you want to get super deep with it, right. So you can't live in the past, can't live in the future. So like, and we, we've all had those. I think the goal and the hard part is how do you live there more often than not? And, and from what you're saying of just, focusing on your breath under, and it's almost like a, you know, a Buddhist meditative state of, of just paying attention. Just don't call it meditation
2: because then it will become another thing you have to do. And your list is long. So like brushing your teeth, Kenny saying, if you brush your teeth, you don't expect a reward, you know, or certification. You've done it so well. No, you just do it every day. You don't expect anything to happen. You just, it's something you add to your life. So why not add a, uh, a couple of times a day, where you just focus on your breath for ten seconds.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and I and
2: that might have an effect on your life and your playing.
0: the The interesting thing about that too is, I think that a lot of times we think, "Oh, it's only ten seconds, so it can't be that effective, so I'm not going to do it." right but it's like okay w- then if if you think that it's easy and you think that it's not effective why don't you just do it it's only 10 seconds try doing it 10 seconds yeah. five times a day i think that's a lot harder than than people think and i think that it will have a profound effect on you
2: and don't expect it to you know do it five times a day just say oh i'll do it and if it, if you didn't do it at the end of the night maybe just be kind to yourself, and then right. start over. That,
1: that whole thing wouldn't work for me at all, actually. Why I think wouldn't it work for you? Now, I mean, like, oh yeah, like maybe just do it sometimes, and maybe not. So I don't have to feel bad when I don't fit. Like that's completely that that way. Well, it's, it's not you don't working. have the issue. Because the thing is that that I mean, but yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's why. Because you
2: know the space already.
1: Right. I need to structure it to be able to be like, okay, I need to follow this and just do it. And I, and once I get that, I have no problem with actually doing it. Right. Um, I'm I'm I will commit myself to doing something if I if I you know if I if I make it okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and then I'll do it. I mean, it's not going to be forever, but right. it's like, I, I, I will start and I, it, I can do three, four, five months and you know, and that, and I just make a decision and, and it's like, boop. And then it's like, it's kind of almost like a, you know, you're, you have a, a brainwashing yourself, you know, you're, that's you're your
0: personality. You're, you're, it's like a, D, right?
1: a lobotomy. And this is what I'm going to do now <laughs> from now on, you know? Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively good at that. Definitely not, uh, definitely not perfect, but when I don't do it, I'll just try, I'll try again. And I'll kind of keep trying till I, till I get it. Right. Uh, but yeah. Cause that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't quite, it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, um, uh, I don't know, structured enough. It wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be enough. Like I, I would want to ch- really challenge myself more.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's your, I think there's like, there's what, like the four personality types, right? So you have I S what's the other one? ISD. And what's, I forget what the fourth one is. Uh, ISD. I don't know, but one's information. D is like the direct and sort of, like you said, you're like, yep, I go to the gym three days a week. That's it. Structure, very structured, everything. But then you have like an I or an S that is like more, uh, like intuitive and and then there's sensitive and and those things play into it and and all that. So it's in, it's totally interesting that I think that I think one of the things that that makes a great teacher a great teacher is understanding how the, how people learn. Like you were saying that like I realize people don't learn the same way that I do. And some people have confidence issues. Some people don't. Some people learn you know by writing. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn by watching. And there's all of these different different things. And and I. I agree that like, you know, there's no sort of one size fits all when you're, when you're trying to teach people or or when you're trying to learn. So.
1: You know, it can be really, really interesting too. And from a teaching perspective to me is uh, teaching someone that has, well, it's on the spectrum, maybe, maybe like, uh, you know, autistic or Asperger's or something, you know, like that. Um, and, and obviously to, you know, to an extent where they can, you know, they can, uh,
0: I mean, like high they're, functioning, they're,
1: they're yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that's really interesting to uh, to to work with people like that because there's it's it's really very different, but it, it can be really beneficial actually. And mm-hmm. um, I find a lot of ways, not every way, uh, but maybe in, in in some of the ways that we're talking about right now, I find you know, yeah, uh, that that drive to you know to just keep doing it until you can do it, yeah. You know, and then there's so so many times where I feel, you know, some students, their, 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 their head, their, their ability or their, you know, um, habit to reason things out, you know, gets in the way of their actually just doing it, Uh, like learning to swim, right? So you'd think that learning to swim is one of those things. Of course, you can. You can t- you can take it apart. It's like okay, your hands are going to go this way, and then you're going to turn your hand vertically, so it goes up through the water, and then turn it horizontally, so it comes down. You're pushing the water down. You can you can do all that, right? You can, but it just it's kind of like making a sound. You want to make the sound, right? You want to make that sound? Okay, well, you're going to put your tongue on the top of your mouth and then you're going to apply a certain amount of pressure, like probably 45%. You can you can talk about it all day long. Right. But if you hear it and just do it and you're not going to fail, you keep doing it until you keep doing it and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and then you can do it. Done. Right. And you never had to think about how much, you know, pressure to put on the top of your tongue or what position to put it in or, you know, how to swim. So I, I definitely think that that, has its advantages, you know, Right to, to just, just letting go and just keep trying to do something over and over and over again, you know, not reasoning it out, you know, not, not being too analytical.
0: Right. Right. Do you think that people, I guess if it's not, if, if the way that you learn is not a problem or the way, the things that are going on in your head are not a problem, but if, but if you are feeling like, you're stuck or you do feel like you have this lack of, then you have to do something to try to fit. You can't go on because you'll, you can get on that treadmill forever. You know,
1: that's true too. It's yep. Yep. Completely. Yeah. And, and, and it kind of comes back to what you said, uh, you know, before which Nick, which is like, how do you assess yourself? <laughs> you right. Know? How, how, what's a good way that you can, you know, assess where, where you're at and what you need, you know, what mm-hmm. you need
0: yeah, it's a valid point. So I think uh, two things. I think everyone should read Effortless Mastery. Maybe not Ari because it maybe not apply. It might not apply to him. But
1: uh, I, 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 you don't have to. T- I won't read it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'll, if, I'll read the sequel though.
0: There you go. <laughs> but but, but
1: I, 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 I mean, and and understand. Like I love Kenny to death. Kenny's one of my favorite people. You know, I. I, that's how I met Viv and I, you know, I love Kenny. Too. So you've been
2: playing with him so I mean, much that he knows effortless mastery because he's been on tour with Kenny. So doesn't, it
1: doesn't matter. I know Kenny, you know, that's, that's the important thing.
0: Right. But so for others, they, I, th- I feel like they should, uh, at least read effortless mastery, get, you know, to see if it, if it does work for them or if it, if it does make sense to them. And then also if they want to see what you guys are doing over Patreon, uh, where's the where can they find that?
1: Yeah, so um definitely recommend Patreon for you know all all the drummers. Um uh you know it's very easy to find it's just Patreon slash Ari Honig. Um but anything that you're really looking for a lot a lot of different topics there. Um and then also even for for non-drum I mean it's not there's not a lot for non-drummers to be really honest with you but there are definitely you know, I would say, what do you think, Viv, like 15 Well, years?
2: I'm not a drummer, and I learned a lot by just right. editing these. That's true. That's true. All these different odd meters and rudiments and,
1: yeah. Right. A lot I of, lot, lots of different stuff. But, um, but yeah, recommend it. It's a great way to just to kind of um, connect with a, a community and also just to be in touch with me and, and you know, ask questions. And, uh, um, and there's a lot of things that we do along with, releasing three new videos a month. Uh, we also have two group lessons uh, that's completely open. And, um, and oh, you want to tell about the vamp and vibe. Oh, right. The vamp and vibe. I couldn't even, I for, for, totally forgot about that.
0: That's a new series. I like this. What's this about?
1: We haven't really tied it into Patreon. I mean, the, va- the vamp and vibe is, is really just for fun. It's just like a, a fun of a fun thing that we do. Um, where I, I get a special guest uh, and we go on, and we do a vlog. Can I call it a vlog? Yeah. It's a long vlog. It's it's a, it's a, it's not exactly an interview, right? I mean, it's more just a hang. no. It's a
2: banter hang with yeah. friends, and banter. I'm the tech host, and then Ari is like sort of just hanging with whoever he invites. But the, the last, the former guest. They show up as well, so the group will only grow bigger over time. I like it. And um, the point is just, yeah, have fun. So there's like we share funny movies and like jazz nerd jokes.
1: No, there's it's some laughs. We have that. Yeah, I like the name too. Vamp and Five, yeah, yeah. So you are good at naming these things.
2: Serious, but very fun, <laughs> because we felt like everybody is just trying to promote themselves, and, and and Corona is just about. It's so boring. We cannot hang, and we cannot see each other. We cannot. All these normally would go to the clubs till late, and then everybody would meet each other and hang. And that's there, there's nothing of like that. Yeah. So the vamp and vibe is sort of started because of that.
1: I like it. And so we we do where it on our Facebook, Facebook, where do you do it? Facebook. On Facebook. Right? It's Facebook. Uh, yeah. Live. Uh, whatever. Live uh, stream. They'll, they'll
2: be uploaded into into the Patreon as a different category. Um, cool.
1: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where you can just completely just stick on and listen to while you're driving, or you don't have to watch it. Right, right, There's right. nothing much to watch. It's it would be it would basically look like what we look like right now, just talking to each other with headphones on or whatever. Like um,
0: what but, uh, uh, what? How often are you
1: doing? Uh, it's it's it's, it's little, loose, but I say between two two to four weeks. Every two to four weeks. Cool. We yeah. had
2: uh, Matt Penman and we had uh, Tavon Pinnacott. Mm-hmm. and we
1: had Tigran 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 did the uh um, the last one. Matt, right? The next one is going to be uh Chris Kuzmi.
0: Nice. And then so the and then the past guests are coming on, so Yeah. You're getting everyone. Nice.
2: Do we have six?
1: We don't do have everyone do? on everything, but sure. but uh but you know, we, uh, we people sure, come in and out. It's just a fun. It's just supposed to be just like a fun uh fun thing to do. Yeah, there, and they, live. they're I like supposed
2: it. to bring videos yeah. to share. So it's a Zoom format that will live stream on stream. Orlando on
1: was so funny when Orlando was on it. Orlando yeah. the Fleming, that was a really good one. You could actually watch. You know, you can go back and watch. But we don't. It's not a music. Th- I mean, we obviously you know we know each other through music, so we talk about music related stuff. But it's this is not a, like an you know information session. Right, or, right, right. No, it's know. about
2: favorite foods and. <laughs> I like, like r- it.
1: Very it's ventricle. more about like really gross things that we've eaten. What's the nastiest things we've ever eaten? <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a favorite foods. We, really, come on. You know.
0: Pizza done. End of the conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, Vamp and Vibe, Patreon, uh, Quarantine, all great names. They
0: right? they uh, are really good names. See? Uh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> they're good they're good names. I like them well I appreciate both of you coming on taking taking the time to chat Ari thanks again for coming on for for episode number two I do appreciate that exactly. for everyone listening sure. check out the Patreon um, and then also check out Vamp and Vibe they do that on Facebook so the best way I'm guessing is just follow Ari's Facebook page and then when they're doing a live one you'll get you'll get notified so thank you to both of you for doing this I really I really appreciate yeah, it Viv, it was great right? meeting thank you, you
2: too. nice to meet you too
0: There you have it. That was Ari Honig and his trusty, I don't want to say assistant, his trusty co conspirator, co collaborator, Vivian Arts. You can find links to everything that we talk about, including Ari's Patreon page, to his website, to Vivian's website. All of that are in the show notes And other than that, we're back. So thanks for uh, sticking around in that that week of hiatus. And uh, until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. I don't know what else to say. I'll be talking to you soon. All right. Peace. Drummers Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Rafini, that's me, edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon, and graphic design by Katherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.